I've always grown up in a household where I see business. Right. Automatically, oh my gosh, what can I do? What can I sell? I was taking a lot of annual leave mm. to do what I love. Why are you in a full-time job and not just doing creative stuff? Working in sales, it goes hand in hand because I'm always in a client-based role. That's why I never left. My line manager, for example, um, they understood what I did. Do you know what, Kimberly? Take that day off. Mm -hmm. We won't mark it. Just, just go because this is your future. You started Melanin Style Diaries um, as as a creative outlet. Yeah. Um, talk to me about about that. Mm. It was always, you know, women of colour with 10k, 20k, 30k following and someone who's got 800 to maybe 1k followers, they were not getting a looking. This is the Promise and Penel podcast. I am Aliyah Amarat, and today I'm here with Kimberly Lovemore, the founder of Melanin Style Diaries and an interviewer and content creator, to say the least, to be honest with you. Hello, Kimberly. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, thank you. Good. Um, are you really great? Yeah, yeah, I'm great on surface. <laughs> Love that. Love that honesty. Okay, so I just want to say a massive thank you for coming down today. Um, you know what this podcast is about. Seen a couple of episodes, I'm sure. Yeah, seen mm -hmm. many. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, I want to, first off, understand who Kimberly Lovemore is, right? I want to know, aside from business, Mm -hmm. who is Kimberly? I'm still trying to find out who I am myself. Um, <laughs> just to be very honest, so I'm going through a, you know, process transition at the moment where I'm still trying to understand where I am in life, who am I at 30 years old compared to who I was at 25 or 20 years old. So I'm still trying to navigate myself through that, I'm reintroducing myself to myself. I can't believe I'm doing certain things um, compared to what I did when I was 25. And I'm surprising myself with a lot of things at the moment. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I love that. And that's, that's, honest, that's just God's honest truth, to be honest with you, because everybody seems to, we were talking about this off, off air, but everybody seems to think mm. that there is some kind of um, place that you must be at 30 yeah. or you must be at 25 or you must be at 20 in these particular ages and mm -hmm. if you're not you're going through a whole existential crisis because it's yeah. like everyone around you is like well you should have been there at this time or you had a particular story in your head that you should have been somewhere at this time yeah, exactly. um, and then when you get there and it and it's not that it's like everything, everything even falls stops. apart yeah <laughs> everything starts falling apart everything starts stopping everything feels weird and then there's a sense of losing yourself when really you haven't actually lost yourself, but you've, mm. you're just, you, you've changed and you're just yeah. renewing yourself. That's it, yeah. Everybody has a renew. Absolutely. Everything renews. Like a phoenix, uh, renewing. Um, I would say with that, it's about being able to stop and really understanding your emotions. Mm. So I never really understood my emotions. I would feel it for like maybe 10, five, 10 minutes, and I'll just brush it off and continue on with life without addressing what's actually bothering me. Right. And um, 
that's something that's major, that's big in the whole renewing aspect. Mm. Um, and it's okay to still go through it, um, but you have to acknowledge it. Yeah. You have to actually acknowledge your um, emotions. And what's been your... Um, we're just going to d- jump right in here, right? That's okay. <laughs> what's been your experience of renewing yourself? Has there been... Has there been something that's kind of gone on in your life that you felt like blocked you from before? Or what's been your process of renewing? What? Um, process of renewing during COVID time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for all, but during COVID time, it was very challenging for me. There were pros and cons to it. So I was able to build a relationship with God more because that was pretty much non-existent. I'll say a prayer over food. I'll say a prayer before I leave my home and and that's about it. Or if I was going through challenging times at work, I'll say a prayer. However, during COVID time, I really tried my utmost best to open a Bible, daily devotions in the morning and actually have it on my mind and with everything that I do mm. uh, within my daily do- doings. Um, even if I'm at, at home not doing anything, mm. it will still be on my mind. So my relationship with God, I feel, has gotten stronger and God knows that. <laughs> um, in regards to, again, renewing, I would say um, just... I'll say, you know, facing demons, facing what I feel may have blocked me Mm. during my time or, you know, friends, family, who is who, who's who. Because I don't really look at labels anymore. Mum, dad, cousin, friend, best Mm. friend. I don't look at labels like that. Who is the actual person? Because there's people out there who have a mum, have a dad, have a sister, cousin, and because they're blood, they shall remain in your life or you mm. must speak to them a certain way. And I had to reevaluate my relationships, even to my mum and dad. I had to reevaluate my relationship with them. And am I, you know, am I stuck in that sort of time warp of, oh my God, I must respect my mum, must respect my dad, although they speak to me in a certain way or treat me in a certain way. Mm. So it's a lot of re-evalu- reevaluating relationships um, in my life as well. It was a standstill for me. There was a lot going on mentally with mm. me. Um, I su- didn't realise I suppressed quite a lot before COVID. Yeah. And um, I, d- I don't know how I was even functioning, to be fair. If COVID never happened, I feel that my life will be totally different from how I've created it now. And I feel, you know, some people will still be in my life and I feel it may have been even more toxic or I might, may have went down the wrong road. Mm. Um, so now I feel I'm having to um, face me. I'm having to face who is Kimberly? Who is Kimberly at 30? Who am I? What is it that I really want to do? Um, what does my life look like in the next two years? Mm. So I've stopped doing a five year plan now. It's the next two years, what's actually happening? Cause COVID time, it was around two years or so, nothing happened. So what's going to happen in the next two years? Mm. Uh, well, things did happen in COVID, yeah, but yeah. it was at a standstill. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack 
with the whole renewing. Mm. Um, you mentioned blockages, um, anything that's blocking me. I would say there was a point in my life, I feel, I believe it was around 2015, 2016, I think. When did I leave university? I left university 2014. Mm -hmm. So maybe that, because during those years, I can't remember them because mm. I've been affected by a lot of things during those years to the point where I can't remember, you know, not speaking to anybody or mm. just ghosted or didn't go out much. I just can't remember those years, surprisingly. Yeah. But I think it was it's around... not that surprising. Yeah. When, oh. we, when we face trauma, we tend to try to block it out naturally. Okay. Um, but I literally cannot remember. So I think it's 2014 to maybe 16. Mm. Um, I was doing my live music events. Yeah. And that was a major, major, major time in my life where I feel, yeah, I was really at my peak. That's um, Love More Music? Yeah, it was Love mm. More Music. Um, great platform, by the way, if you've, <laughs> um, if you've been to one of the events in the past or you've seen it on YouTube. Um, it was Old School Meets New School and I had you know, the likes of Shailingo, Footsie, Nikes and Nike, and new artists, um, Shauna Sade, you know, artists on the platform like that. And it was just a point where everyone was just rising unsigned, unsigned and signed. Things were happening in the events industry. A lot was happening until my parents got divorced. Mm. Um, during that time, it was challenging because I was at the peak of my age, I was connected to a lot of people. Um, there was a lot of opportunities. I didn't realise that the divorce would have um, impacted me so much. The effects it had on me, I didn't realise I would react that way. I, w I literally mentally just shut down. I can't even remember how I was acting or who I was connected with. Um, what I was doing, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me um, how much, you know, something like that can change your, change your character, change how you view life mm. and how you treat other people based on what you've witnessed yourself in your household. That's, that's interesting you say that. So you was at the peak of you building your building your business right mm -hmm. putting on events loving that period of time and the divorce with your parents someone else's essentially someone else's life something happening oh. in someone else's life yes it's, it's it's happening to you as well but it's happening to your mom and dad right yeah what would you say was so you've touched on the different effects what would you say was the worst kind of effect on your business? What part, what one of those side effects affected your business the most at the time? Um, I felt I had to be around a lot for... For your parents? For my family. Okay, yeah. Well, six of us, including me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Big family. Um, That's your siblings? Siblings. Um, so I have four, well, <laughs> it's four altogether. Yeah. So I'm the second eldest. Yeah. So during that time, we're all, you know, my sister's what, my sister's 37 now. 
So she would have been my age, 30 yeah. at the time. Was it? And my youngest brother and younger sister, um, I think she was, my younger sister, I think she was like 14. My brother was maybe 17. Mm-hmm. So within being in, within that age group, um, you can imagine the emotions and mm. the different reactions yeah. in yeah. the household. Um, but I've always felt like the grounded one, always ready for something. Um, <laughs> so I was always around. So coming away from my events, I felt I had to be there, of course, for my family. Mm. But I feel the main effects was the support of my dad. My dad went to every single event of mine. He helped me. Um, I did everything. I sourced the artists, found the venue. I did a lot of work behind the scenes. But I feel the most thing that really affected me was the support for my dad. So me doing another event um, within that time, I don't really class it as a, I just something that I just had to get on my system because it was pending, okay. but he wasn't there, you know? So that's when I really um, took myself away from that environment, mm. from doing events, because I felt, well, why do I need to be happy in this setting if my dad's not there? That's, that's really interesting. Did you feel like you didn't, you, there's a part of you that doesn't deserve to be happy or if, or was that happiness of doing the events tied to an expectation that your dad had of you? Yes, because my dad's got a family business. We got, he's got a business. Um, and because I've always grown up in a household where I see business, right. automatically, oh my gosh, what can I do? What can I sell? What, what product or service can I create? Um, so I've always come from that background it's been instilled into me you know eventually I don't want you working for somebody else you should be working for yourself you've got all the talent you've got the skill set um you know how to do accounting you know the stage and doing this doing that for the family business mm. that gave me a, a big um you know opportunity foot through the door mm. with my career and that was all your dad's influence absolutely yeah and you know thinking about it I feel I've only really functioned in business and I was around friends, but not so much. Um, some friends may or not know, they may, may find out now. <laughs> um, birthdays will come up, important occasions will come up and I won't go because I'm thinking about business or at the time I was working in, in a private, um, private production company in the media on you know different shopping channels, working in that environment as well. Mm. And I've just declined birthday invitation because I want to make my money, I want to succeed. So with that, there's risks involved. But um, yeah, going back to your question, again, yeah, my dad, big influence in business, absolutely. So that's where you kind of associated doing another, putting on another event, but him not being there means essentially it's, it's not going to work anymore, it's not going to feel the same anymore, so um, I'm just not going to do it anymore. It was more of, again, it's more of being there for the family and actually a- a- acknowledging and accepting what's happened. Mm. So think of it this way, picture it, you know, you're at your peak, you're doing events, something traumatic to you happens, to me that's traumatic. I don't want to label myself as a child as a divorce, but maybe I am. Um, and the parent not there, it's like an empty shell. It's like, I'm just, 
I can do it. I can do events. I can put them on. It's like I put them on and I stand in the background by the door when the door's shut and let the event happen. You know, I've got my team doing the running order, doing everything they need to do. And I just let it happen because my dad's not there or what am I doing really? What is there to live for? I feel like my foundation's been crumbled. Mm. My hub, my home, my hub has been shaken, you know? And I feel everyone's just literally detached like a bubble burst. So my motivation and that I used to get every day, eating dinner at the table, having motivational talks in the kitchen, that's gone, that outlet's gone. So who do I really talk to? Because I felt that because my dad's got the business head, I directly speak to him Mm. because he is my go-to. And I didn't have any other outlet. That was something as well. So even speaking to certain friends at the time, or some people who I feel would have helped me, mm. um, they just didn't get it. My dad got it. And I'm, very, I'm a very private person. Mm. Um, and I keep my cards close to my chest. So when it comes to your goals and what it is you want to do, like I just offload to my dad. I was like, I told one person, one person who should know everything. I was like, yeah, I'll tell my dad, man. Mm. This is what I want to do and that. And I didn't have an outlet. That was it really, this, that is why I really stopped the events because everything just stopped and then I didn't really know how I was processing after. Can't remember. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And, and it's not crazy because what, what, what I say is crazy is how someone's identity is so linked to a particular thing or a particular person and when that foundation is crumbled how much Mm. it affects right so after that now you've um you've stopped events Mm -hmm. did you go in your what did you do after that um so after that I went into interviewing so I started my interviewing again so interviewing was the first thing I ever that, that I ever did um then I went into events then I went back to what I knew which was interviewing so but I was doing behind the scenes mm-hmm. and at the time it was a project called um tune of the week where I why I um, invited you know certain artists to sit on the couch speak about their song and the lyrics behind it so for example a song could be happy but really it's, it's a sad meaning behind it mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I could have easily sat on the sofa with them and interviewed them mm-hmm. but instead I just let them speak so in someone else's eyes, Kimberly, why didn't you sit on the sofa? You had the equipment there. Why don't you just sit down and interview them, ask them the questions? I didn't want to. I didn't want to put my face out there. I still wanted to drive some sort of creativity out there and me not be at the forefront because I felt I wasn't ready to have my face out there. I just wanted be, to be behind the scenes. And sorry, that just reminded me of our initial conversation that we ever had a couple weeks ago and you said to me that whilst you're in this renewing yourself it's now time for you to come out and speak (laughs) about who you are yeah and make Kimberly Lovemore come into the forefront so yeah I said it to you then but I think I said it to you I don't know I can't remember yeah (laughs) but I commend you for doing this and coming onto the promising panel because it it take it does take guts to be on the other side. Like I 
I'd done it a few weeks ago for myself where I had my production manager interviewing me about my life and I was just like, shit, this is different. It's <laughs> like, so this is a bit weird. But it takes a lot to come and speak about what happens in your life and be open about that. Mm. And I said, I remember saying to you that your truth is going to help so much more people because they're probably going through the same thing, but they don't have the confidence or they they're not they don't have an outlet to be able to speak about these things but no just knowing and hearing your story about what divorce did to you and what the effects were and the fact that you stopped business based on the attachment they had that you're not alone in that mm. and there's so many more people out there that I that I actually know personally that have gone through very similar situations mm. and lost their identity in that period I felt really bad about it and didn't have anybody to speak to about it. Now, I've never gone through a divorce mm. because I've none of my parents was... Um, my dad's married now, but my mum wasn't married. And so I don't know what divorce feels like, but I definitely do understand or can relate to what a crumbling foundation feels mm. like um, or not having a stable foundation. and. I've even spoken to Nissy T where she spoke about um, just for a period of time having, knowing your life to be a certain way and then realising that, oh, actually it's not that way. So she spoke about, um, she didn't realise that there was financial issues within the family. Everything okay. was just kind of, just kind of covered, covered over because she was a young, she was a child at the time, right? And then eventually get to a, get to a particular teenager and it's like, no, actually we've got financial troubles. And then that was like, oh shit. Mm. Now the sense of responsibility, which I hear from you as well, yeah. that sense of responsibility now is on your shoulders to hold up your brothers and sisters and to hold up the rest of the family and your own emotions and everyone else's emotions. What is the thing that allowed you because I, I don't know if you literally just said it or if you said it off camera because we literally had a whole blo <laughs> full-blown conversation yeah. off camera but what was it that was the moment in time where you realized that you had this block and you needed to let it go what was happening in your life that sh that made that made that block show up more because you said that you could you were just functioning that you wasn't mm. conscious of how you was functioning it was just happening right after that point autopilot yeah yeah so after that autopilot what was happening in that autopilot that made you say actually no wait something's not right expectations okay. you would get people I would get people who are close to me family and friends or my network oh Kimberly when are you doing this interview or oh, Kimberly when's your next event. Um, I haven't seen you on Twitter, I haven't seen you on Instagram, where you been, you know, phone calls or messages and conversations throughout time, you know, my response will be, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. But them not knowing what's actually going on. So in their eyes, they have an expectation of me and what they see me doing. It's like, Kimberly, you're doing so much, like, how are you doing it? And um, I can't wait to go to the next event. And do you know what it was for me? Um, I'll say maybe two, three years ago, I went back into the Love More Media account and people were still emailing me saying, I'd love to appear on your, um, sorry, I'd love to perform at your event. 
I would love for you to interview me. And I'm thinking, I haven't put anything out. How are you even remembering me? How mm. do you, where do you see my work? Because I haven't even put anything out new and I haven't even been, even been in, in um, contact with, um, you know, anyone with anyone in the music industry. So I think at that point, it's like, wow, um, what are you doing with yourself? You made an impact. Yeah, and I didn't realise, because to me, I'm just doing work, you know. I'm, I'm doing things that I love. Mm. And um, although there's a lot of things in my mind that I would love to do, oh, it, it's hard to explain um, because there was so much going on. During that time of the divorce, there was still cre creative ideas going around in my head and there was nowhere to put it. Mm. There was no one to talk to. So if someone said, why can't you do it, Kim? I can't tell them what's, what I'm going through or how I'm feeling. So in a way, I was maybe numb mm. and still walking, walking around as if I was still 25, 24, 25. I'm still Kimberly Lovemore. I've done this, I've done that. But I ain't done nothing. But in my head, I'm still glued to those events or I'm still glued to certain interviews that I've done. Yeah, I've done that. I've done this. I've done that. Okay, what are you doing now? That was it for me. Where is the content? Where is the work? That was it for me, um, I would say. How, do, how, how does that make you feel, the fact that you've... Because that, I'll be honest with you, that I can kind of resonate with what you've just said because um, I was actually talking to my therapist about that this morning. <laughs> um, I spoke to my therapist about being, about feeling like an imposter. Mm -hmm. So that imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. that fraud, like feeling, feeling like a fraud mm -hmm. based on the fact that I'm riding off of the coattails of my past. Mm -hmm because I'm not there anymore and I'm not doing, I'm not showing up the way I was. Yeah. I'm riding off of what I did show up as, but if I think about it, it was so many, it feels like so many years ago. Yeah. So now when I try to show up, I feel like an imposter. Yeah, like you shouldn't be there anymore. And like you've, you've missed yeah. your boat, babes. <laughs> Chill. Exactly, exactly that. And do you know what it is for me as well? You, you start seeing people coming up and mm -hmm. I was once there and, I'll tell you something, actually. Um, I, I won't say the person's name, but I called up um, a mainstream presenter. And you've seen their face before. Mm. And I was talking to him. I was like, hi, it's Kimberly. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you know who I am or if you remember me. He was like, Kimberly, what's going on? Of course I remember you. Like, what? You're living under a rock. Like, <laughs> I've still got your number. What's, what's going on? Of course I'm going to remember you. And I felt a bit silly because I then offloaded and started speaking to him about, you know, can I come to this event? Or because I felt I lost contact. He was like, of course you can come. What, what, what's happening? What's going on? Why are you acting brand new? Why are you, why are you <laughs> speaking to me as if I don't know you, that you don't belong here? Mm. And I think that was another thing for me as well. It's like, I'm in a shell of myself. Mm. and I'm creeping back into the scene again. Yeah. So other people view me as Kimberly Lovemore, but I don't view myself as her. Yeah. 
And that is where, that is what I'm living in and what I'm trying to process even now. I, I relate. I relate. Yeah. It is a... It's tough. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, def, it's, it's definitely a... It's just, it's, it's weird. It's like this out-of-body experience. Yeah. But you're, you're in this out-of-body for so long, it becomes the norm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, oh, mate. Um, so, if we bring it forward to, not even that much forward, but Melanin Style Diaries. Mm -hmm. You started Melanin Style Diaries um, as as a creative outlet. Yeah. Um, talk to me about, about that. So I started Melanin Style Diary in August 2018. That's when I was actually working. I remember creating the page on the way to work. Um, <laughs> and... And full-time work in it was full, another industry? Yeah, so full-time work. I was working, I was a senior consultant at David Lloyd at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was walking through Kidbrook Park and <laughs> I was creating the page. Came off the train, I created the page. Because at the time I was putting out content. Mm -hmm. But I specifically, to answer your question, I specifically... Um, answer your question the page was made because there wasn't platforms for bloggers and individuals in the fashion lifestyle you know food and drink industry um being seen mm. it was always you know women of color with 10k 20k 30k following and someone who's got 800 to maybe 1k followers they were not getting a looking. Mm. Their content was just as good as a 10K following, but they were not being seen. Mm. And I felt to myself, this has got to stop now and we need a meaningful platform. I'm going to create it because I too was putting out content. I was, you know, being paid to wear clothes. I was getting things sent to me and food and drink to put out on Instagram at the time. And Again, I felt I wasn't being seen. So that's why I created a platform to provide that space, mm. to provide a community for bloggers who have a lower following with great content to be on the page. Mm. And there are quite a few bloggers now who have soared by being on the page and building that relationship up, um, up with them. Mm. And um, Melon Style Diary is more than just posting a picture. It's a place where you can build your confidence. Um, I'm literally at the other end of the phone. You can call me, you can DM me if you have, you know, um, any ideas that you want to put towards a platform because it's not only my platform, it's a blogger's platform as well yeah. because they all, they too contribute to the page. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't there. It wasn't there. I mean, you have the odd pages here and there to be posted, but there wasn't, that little more mm. to create that community mm. and want to be a part of the page as well. Mm. So that's why I created Melon Style Diary. So what I did was coming away from the events now, I'm a creative, there's so many ideas flowing through me and it was a different outlet for me yeah. to regain my confidence and to put myself out there again in, in the, in the capacity, capacity that I thought I needed to put myself out there. Sure. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people really resonate with the page and it's thriving till this day. Yeah. Would you, what is, what's your, 
this doesn't have to be set in stone, but mm -hmm. what's your what's your bigger plan for Millennium Star Diary? My bigger plan, so <laughs> like um, as in does it stay on Instagram? Or no, is there more? so it won't stay on Instagram. Um I'll have a website, I'll I will have a space, I will have product <laughs> and I'll be overseas. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll say about the page. Yeah. I recently did a live introducing myself. So for four years, I was hidden. Nobody knew who was running the page. Mm. I was uploading my friends. They didn't even know I was behind was the page. Oh. Yeah, so we'll have discussions about the page. Oh, what do you think about Berlin Star Diary? Yes, oh my gosh, they posted me. They really liked my outfit. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they posted me as well. Um, <laughs> They didn't know it was me. It was quite funny. <laughs> that is mad. But do you know what it is? It's a feel-good factor. The fact that I made my friends smile or, you know, other people smile because they are getting a look in. They are being acknowledged. They're being appreciated with their creativity, being mm. able to really show who they are, have an outlet to show who they are. Mm. You can imagine you are a fashionista within itself. Um, Thank you. You have... I posted you. So... <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> I knew it. I posted no, you. I knew it. I knew that's why I was following you. <laughs> I knew it. This was years ago, though. Yeah. Okay, go, carry on. I was like, I love her style. <laughs> and funny thing is, like I said, I thought I already knew you. That <laughs> so is crazy. I thought I already knew you anyway. Um, so, yeah, I posted you because your fashion is eccentric, it's out of this world. Thank I you. would never <laughs> even think of putting certain colour combos together like you. <laughs> All right. So even your hair right now, <laughs> that shows your personality. And this is what it is. The page shows personality and you get like minded people on the page as well. Mm. Um, so Melon Style Diary, there's a lot that's happening with the page. Mm. And that's where I'm pouring my all into now. OK. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Thank you for posting me, by the way. It's OK. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I I, yeah, no, I, I, I don't even know how. Because when you showed up at, on my Instagram, mm -hmm. I'd followed you since then. Okay. So I'd watched the page kind of grow, but mm -hmm. obviously I, I didn't have a reason to, to speak to you yeah, or to yeah. say anything at the time. <laughs> and look at that. Years later, I'm not sitting in my red chair, honey. Yeah. Um, but no, that's crazy. So... All right, so I want to talk a little bit and touch on working, mm -hmm. working full time, being a creative, knowing that you yeah. have this creative, um, creative ability, yeah. but also having to navigate real life. Yeah. And when I say navigate real life, I mean pay bills, mm -hmm. do adult shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Big time. How do you navigate that and has it ever has that ever been difficult for you? So you mm -hmm. work full time now or you yeah. work part time now? So I work full time. Yeah. I'm in management in yeah. the health and fitness industry. No. <laughs> so before that and now I would say I was taking a lot of annual leave mm. to do what I love. So to me, working in the media you know, most people, if they haven't got, you know, a fixed job in the media, it's freelance yeah. or um, contract basis. So I couldn't even be on contract or go full time because I was already in a full time position that was paying very well. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't going to move. However, there was an outlet, annual leave. 
And that was my sacrifice for myself. Rather than jet setting away in the sun, I said, you know, I'm still building myself, my brand, and also I have a love um, for media. So I'm going to take my annual leave, whether it's 10 days, 11 days, 12 days, I'm going to go for as long as they need me working on a particular show. Nice. Yeah. So you've... I've sacrificed my own annual leave. <laughs> wow. So that's just, that, no, that's a, con- that's a constant work rate. If you're enjoying this podcast so far, this is only going to annoy you if you're a hater. Click subscribe, click follow, and drop a quick comment. And if you've done all of those already, then send me a five-star review, because honestly, it's the only way we survive on the internet. Thank you. Why are you in a full-time job and not just doing creative stuff? Because I saw different avenues and I saw um, different skill sets of mine that I was able to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. So I'm very good at speaking to others and selling, (laughs) Um, being able to provide a service for others in the health and fitness industry, you know, whether that's selling memberships, um, upselling experiences within the field as well. And I said, hold on, you know, me doing presenting, interviewing, working in sales, it goes hand in hand because I'm always in a client-based role. That's why I never left because it's stability and I was able to still present myself um, in a way of getting to know others mm. and thriving in that lane mm. and then sacrificing my annual leave to go into media. So I knew that, you know, there was always, always I was always having an open door mm. to where I eventually want to be. So that worked for me because the roles that I was taking up in the media or any projects or opportunities, I made it work because I had the ways and means, even um, speaking to, you know, higher up my line manager, for example, um, they understood what I did. Do you know what, Kimberly, take that day off. Mm. We won't mark it, just just go, because this is your future. Mm. And, you know, not many companies would do that. Um, So I found ways to, you know, keep my passion and work alive. That's that's quite interesting. So you said a key word, um, that a lot of creatives crave because we need it, mm-hmm. stability. Yeah. And that stability of income, um, having a continuous, constant stream of income, mm-hmm. um, a lot of creatives is, are in that boat where mm-hmm. they, need a, they need a constant stream of income because adult costs money. Yeah. <laughs> Being an adult costs money. Yeah. Um, but also, there are some creatives that wouldn't, like myself, that wouldn't... I could never go into a full-time job mm-hmm. knowing that I wanted to do something creative yeah. if that job wasn't specific to something I was doing or mm-hmm. something I wanted to do in the future, if it yeah. wasn't going to benefit me in a particular way um, other than the money, right? Yeah. So. For you now, because I know there's a number, there was a number of creatives that are currently in full-time jobs and mm-hmm. and don't do their don't do their creativity on the side because mm-hmm. they've retired after work or they don't think about taking that annual leave to 
to do their creativity yeah. because they think, oh, I want to jet set or yeah. a bit of soft life. Like I've worked so hard, I want to, <laughs> I want to yeah. do like reap the rewards of working mm. so hard or whatever it may be. So, why is it, and at what point do you think you will be ready to say, I'm going to park this now and just do my creativity? Um. I actually can't give you an answer because I've made it work for me. Yeah. And, you know, having multiple streams of income, whether that's getting paid your salary mm. and then some, whether that's, you know, selling clothes or um, being paid to edit a video, you know, you make it work for yourself. I don't think I'll ever draw away unless I have a particular amount of money to say you know what I'll be good for this amount of time mm. I can step away to really pursue that particular role or title in that media company mm. mm -hmm. so it's a safety net so with, with me I made sure that there's just different there's different um, notches to me Mm -hmm. And um, it's good to really know how far you can push yourself mm. as a creative person. How can you make life work for you without feeling stressful or you're losing your creativity? Because going back to what you said about creatives having to work in a full-time role and not being, being able to dip into their creativity, some people who don't understand the creative world, they'll say you've given up. Someone said to me, oh, so, yeah, the industry is a bit fickle, isn't it? So you thought you would just go and have a staple role. That was very, that was very in my eyes, offensive. <laughs> that was very offensive. How dare you? You're basically stamping Bitch. on my... Yeah, I was like... That made me change mm. the way I was thinking about a full-time role. You haven't given up. You are just in a timeline where you have to build up your money to be comfortable then to go back, to, back into creativity. Mm. So all these naysayers and people who don't believe in you, they don't understand you, they're, they're not your people. Mm. They stick, in your, stick to your creative world. And what allowed me to navigate was, I said, this role here that I'm doing that will bring in my income, this is not me anyway. I'm the, crea the, the creative me is where I function the best. Mm. So I'm in this role because you're helping me to get to where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Because I'm someone out of this said title in this company. Mm. I'm a creative, I'm so-and-so. So if I left this company and you Google me, oh, she's this. Mm. That's how I view it, being a creative. So it's your stepping stone. It's my stepping stone. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, because there was a couple of things I, w I would have I not challenged you on, but I would have just mm. been like, mm, is that not your is that not your, is that you not 100% believing in yourself to give your, to be risk averse, right? Because mm -hmm. you're, because being in, being in a full-time role or having that stability mm -hmm. is risk averse. Mm -hmm. It's smart, right? <laughs> it's bloody smart. Because doing it the other way around is stressful. You're putting yourself in a situation that... <laughs> it's stressful, it is, definitely. <laughs> um, but there is also an element of, as much as it is stressful, is like you're banking on your... You're banking on yourself 100% mm -hmm. as opposed to having a safety net, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where I sit on that spectrum, right? Like, I okay. will put... I will go guns blazing all in and mm. 
there is no there is no way it can't work because the only way it won't work is if I stop doing it. Yeah. Right. Because I don't have a safety net. So I will continuous, I will do whatever it takes to ensure that mm. X, Y, and Z is working. Promise and Penel is working. My startup creator land works. Um, when I was doing Vividly Creative and I had my salon, that was working. Um, I would just do it until mm-hmm. either I'm dead or, and I'm not dead yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> or I have a change of heart and I want to do something else, right? Yeah. So that's where I sit on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But there is a number of people that sit on your end of the spectrum, where it's yeah. like, no, actually, the smart way to go about it, in in your opinion, is have a safety net, use it as a stepping stone. Yeah. But what happens if you get stuck in the safety net and you okay. don't take the leap? What happens then? Again, it's, I hate saying this saying, case by case. Um, <laughs> I hate saying that. You know, I, I'll give you an example. So, I was working in a company, toxic. Effective immediately, I left. (laughs) I was two months out of work. Mm. I was okay because I had the safety net. Mm -hmm. But then that kind of steered me towards my creativity. Mm. I want to start making my own money. I've got all these skill set. I want to sell this. I want to do this now. And it's getting you, it's getting yourself back into that function, okay? How are you going to do this? It's like open up another can of worms. Mm. How am I going to do this in this capacity? Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, again, it's, it depends on your environment. It depends on what you're okay to do and what you're okay to put yourself in. Mm. So me leaving and being out of work for two months, right? That just, again, going back to renewing myself. Okay, what, what are you going to do with yourself? You know, you're okay now until you need to pay your rent on the third month. (laughs) Where's your pay packet then? (laughs) Mm. So it forces you to obviously make money. Who are you? What can you do with this time off? It it unbirths a lot of things Mm. um, within you. So if that safety net wasn't there, I'll I'll be screwed. That's why I knew that I have to have money. I have to. And I won't, you know knock on wood, wherever the wood is, <laughs> I won't put myself in that situation and I hope something doesn't happen where I'm having to be uncomfortable now. Where am I going to go to? Mm. You know, what do I do? Because I, I ha- everyone has a choice. Yeah. And I've made my choices. Um, things of the, the whole up- upheaval with my family, my dad going through divorce, that was a big wake-up call mm. because then I can't rely on my parents because they're going through what they're going through. How do I function within myself? So a lot of it, it, it blends. Mm. That's why I said I'll always have a safety net because anything can happen. One thing I would definitely say is knowing yourself. Right, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you ever felt that uncomfortability? Absolutely, yeah. That's why I said I would never, <laughs> I would never not have a safety net. What did that, you know? What did that uncomfortability, is that, is that the word? Uncomfort, uncomfort, um, wait, I don't even know. I don't even listen to me. I don't, uncomfortable. <laughs> I've got like a muffled brain right now. So she's not even talking straight. <laughs> but um, that uncomfortability, mm-hmm. <laughs> what did that feel like for you? No man's land. Okay. Where do I belong? Um, who do I go to? Because no one knows my life. I haven't shared anything with anyone. Mm. So think of, think of it like this. 
um, no longer in a family home. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the door's shut on you. Where do you go? Do you sign up to the council? So you're homeless? Do you start bidding? Do you start asking relatives, can I stay with you? To, in my eyes, I was abandoned, you know? So if I didn't have particular people in my life, I have to actually think where, where would I have been? Mm. Because it's literally no man's land. That was me being uncomfortable. Mm. And I had money, absolutely. I was still working in my, in my, in my role. And I'll be very honest with you, actually. I'll be very transparent. I only, only live once and I don't really care anymore. So, you know, I even went to the council and they said, well, on paper, you earn enough to be renting, mate. You know, mm-hmm. you ain't getting a house where my friends, some people were living at home with their mum and dad. Mm-hmm. They were declaring homeless, mum writing a letter and that. I thought it would be easy. Mm-hmm. I don't, with me, I'm very much... Um, about morality and I can't lie and put myself in that situation because I don't want that to be put onto me I haven't not to say it wouldn't it wouldn't happen again touch wood yeah however I'm very much I'm very much speaking life into, into myself that problem. Yeah. and um I'm not declaring that on my life to fake being homeless, going to the council just to get a home. I've heard all these stories through generations how people get their home. You know, kudos to them for having a roof over their head. Do what you have to do living in this country. But I'm not putting that, I'm not putting my own mouth on myself to say I'm in that position. So I'm not doing that. Again, what do I do? So um, again, like it was just very, it was just very, I had to do what I had to do, Yeah. right? And it was just very uncomfortable. But that, even that, you know, a family member said, go to the council. I said, no, I'm not going there. I'm not homeless. There's other people who are in a dire situation than me. I'm not walking up there and, and, and doing that. And I went to them for advice. Mm. I said, I earned this much. They said, you can go and rent. If you're really in a hard situation, then we'll have to put you up in, um, what do you uh, Like a hostel. It was a, like a first night centre, it yeah, was yeah. called. Yeah. Um, and I stayed with a friend um, after, and then my situation improved after that anyway. Um, so again, even in the face of adversity and me being uncomfortable, I was still thinking about my life and how I should navigate through it. It's, it's crazy. Mm. It's, I had to, had to go to the park, sit on the bench, and I said, what, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I can't call my dad, because my dad's living his life. My mum's doing what she had to do to go through her emotions. Mm. I don't want to disturb that. My sister, my brother, everyone, my sister, little sister's at uni, everyone's gone their separate ways. What about me? Mm. I felt abandoned, you know? So maybe did I do it to myself because I didn't explain it to my friends, but I was secretive. Like, again, my friends saw me as, Kimberly, you're in a big family, you're in a big home, you're good, you're fine. But behind closed doors, mate, you don't even know. You know what I mean? Mm. So, majorly, yes, to answer your question, I have been uncomfortable. In other people's eyes, oh, that's not uncomfortable. But our story's already written. (laughs) Some people will be able to get through divorce. That's my trauma. Um, Again, I don't want to label it, but am am I a child of divorce? Is it something I'm still processing? 
Yeah. Because that was traumatic for me. Yeah. Living in a two-parent household and then it's just crumbled. Yeah, yeah. You know, your whole sanctuary is gone. So you are by yourself. Mm. So without having that family unit, like I mentioned, that hub, where do I go? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? You know, mm. I keep on working. Where do I live? Because I've been forgotten, you know? And, cre <laughs> and creativity don't pay the bills. Yeah, creativity don't pay, pay the bills. I know I'm saying a lot, but it does go hand in hand because... Be that, that was a major, that was a major blockage. And like you said, yeah, creativity doesn't pay the bills. So that's where you have to work. No matter what job you have to do, money is coming in. Mm. So now goes to the point of like, do I keep pursuing my creativity? Yes, because it's in, within me, I'm never gonna go. Do I pursue a certain title management? Do I keep trying to go down that path? Or do I just get any old job just to make ends meet? Because I was still young, you know, but I, I had to make decisions to keep on going because life keeps happening. Yeah. Life is laughing. <laughs> life is life laughing, is laughing honey. you know. No, I, I get it. I get it. Um, I think there is a there's a there's a lot to unpack when it comes to sustaining yourself as a, as a creative mm. solely 100 um, percent. And I re there is there is a part of me which I kind of mentioned before that is so invested in allowing or showing creatives how they can continuously monetize mm -hmm. through their creativity as opposed to having to do something that yeah. they're not so they're not so chuffed at doing right mm. um like you've got a, you've got a massive amount of resilience about you there is a resilience about you for you to say do you know what i've got to do what i've got to do and that level of like effort you think it doesn't matter what you think. I still got to. I've still got to live and have my safety, mm -hmm. which is commendable. There is a lot of people out there, um, myself included, <laughs> secretly, um, would rather struggle, mm. and would rather go. I would rather go through. I feel like me not having money is. And, and this is where everyone's individual, right? Yeah. Me not having money, but doing what I love, as and when I do it, mm. is better than me spending my time doing something that is just for the money. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, have, I genuinely, and like, I have an actual complex, I think, right? Because I've been, I've been spoiled by being able to see, when I've done lashes, not even, I say I've been spoiled, right? But I read Rich Dad Poor Dad as a teenager, right? And Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, and also my dad, right? My dad was always in, my dad was always, he ran his own business, but then he also went into sales. And he turned around and said to me, look, at the end of the day, if you do a sales role, it means that you are half in control of the money you make. Right? Absolutely. Because it allows you to have a base income, mm -hmm. which, Pay, which if you keep your bills within within your base income, you're good. Yeah. Anything you earn on top, it's a bonus. It's extra, mm -hmm. right? And if you go into a sales role, you have control over that because the more you work, the more you sell, the more you make. It's your sales desk. It's your right? personal business. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I had a complex. If I wasn't in a sales role where I could half earn more than I'm told, mm -hmm 
for the time for the amount of time that I'm spending, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. If it's not a sales role, I'm not doing it. Why? Because now yeah. this amount of time, so I spend eight hours of my day, nine hours of my day, commuting, going to this job, mm -hmm. and this is the amount that I'm going to make. Yeah. But I've been putting in 20 times more effort, 15 times more effort, blah, blah, blah. Or I've, mm. or I've been staying two hours extra. Yeah. And that time's not accounted for. It's not. So then when I started doing my own business at 17, 18, and I started doing lashes and I would, I would make in the, and this is how I saw it. I work eight hours in a day. If I'm earning, I don't know, 25, 30,000, um, I'm working eight, 40 hours a week, mm -hmm. right? I'm earning 30,000 in a year. I'm looking at, what's that? A hundred pound a day, 120 pound a day, About I think, mm -hmm. right? I made that in one hour doing lashes. Nice. I would charge 100, and, 100 to 150 pounds to yeah. do a set of lashes. Some infills would take me 45 minutes and mm -hmm. I'll charge 60 to 8 pounds. You're laughing. <laughs> me. Making work money. Eight, nine hours to yeah. earn the same amount. Yeah. No fucking chance. Yeah. Spot me. Completely spot me. So you see now mm -hmm. when when I've when I've kind of like so through COVID, I was mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. Like, do I get a job now, or like, can yeah. I just can I reinvent myself and rebuild and do something else, or yeah. like, what do I do? During that period, I thought to myself, okay, maybe I should just get a job and get a mortgage and mm. like gain a bit of stability now. Like, I'm yeah. growing up, like, uh, got an adult <laughs> now. And then I looked, and I looked at the time that I'm spending, and then I looked at the salary, and I'm like. Uh, yeah, that add up. That does not add up. Yeah, I could work a whole day and an exact same amount that I'd earn in an hour and a half, two hours. Mm -hmm. There is no fucking chance I'm yeah. going into a job. Yeah, we see that. That was my catalyst of mm -hmm. saying I'm never going to go in a full time role unless mm -hmm. you're paying me 150 to 200 thousand for that year to allow me mm. and. I say that with a pinch of salt now, right? Because yeah. circumstances change. Yeah. And everyone's circumstances change and things always differ, right? Yeah. Like things may happen in your life and you're like, do you know what, actually I need the stability. So like to get a mortgage, I'm like, okay, do you know what, I need a mortgage yeah, now. Yeah, need proof. <laughs> the, the easiest way, or the fastest way for me to get a mortgage is yeah. work three months. Yeah. I don't need to work after that three months. <laughs> I just need to get the mortgage approved. Yeah. Things like that, using yeah. it as a stepping stone have a plan, do what you're doing. Yeah. But one thing I would definitely say is a lot of people that have started full-time roles as, as creatives mm. have ended up staying stuck within that because they are so comfortable, but then years down the line, they end up hating the fact that yeah. they stay comfortable and not pursuing and get to 40, 50, 60 odd years old mm. and didn't make the transition from saying, you know, what? I'm going to be uncomfortable for a little bit yeah. so I can now pursue and 100% bank on my creativity yeah. because I've been putting my time and effort into building someone else's dream and yeah, someone exactly else's that. business. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And with, with saying that, that's why, going back to what I said about using the company for a stepping stone for you to pursue whatever you want to do in your creativity. Mm. That's just what you need to do. And a lot of people, um, I've had family members that say in their 40s, 50s, what do I do with myself? I've mm. got these skills and, oh, I wish I, wish I continue with this. Mm -hmm. 
all this wishing, woulda, coulda, shoulda, get on with it. Yeah. What, what is actually stopping you? Mm. If you're in a comfortable position and you know that nothing's happening right now, you don't have, like, you don't have to struggle to achieve so much. Mm. Not everyone goes through that struggle, struggle life, you know, mm. to say, yes, I deserve this now. Put yourself in a, in, a, in a position and say, you know what, I'm ready now. What is actually stopping you? You're stopping yourself because... Because you are. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of yourself? Are you afraid of living within your potential or living within your rewards? Mm. Some people are actually scared of being in that winning mindset because it's so positive. And sometimes people in that low vibration, they're comfortable in that, whether it's guilt or Mm. being uncomfortable, or I like it here because I function better here. You need to function on the other side of fear I know it's not. It's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but it needs to be done very soon because time is ticking. Yeah. Nobody knows when their last day will be, okay? Mm. And COVID showed us that. Mm. So if anything, you need to do things now because you're going to be 30, you're going to be 40, you're going to be 50. Time is still going to go by and within that time, you could have done something. Just do it. Literally. That's Cher LaBeouf, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like you're going to... People, you'll feel so much better. Mm about yourself and you know maybe going off topic but you know I've spoken to people recently and it's actually irritating me now Mm. oh Kimberly you've done this you've done that oh I wish I was a bit like you and first of all you should never wish to be like somebody you don't know how they take (laughs) life (laughs) but um (laughs) but um you know I had to go through certain things to feel like I'm in a certain position to get on with it. Now, whatever fear or whatever trauma you went through is for you to get through it. But some people are unproblematic. There's, there's nothing happening in their life for them not to do anything. And that's what's irritating me. Hearing it every day on the phone or hearing it in conversation is actually annoying now because you've got money, you've got a roof over your head, you're working, get on and do it. It's irritating. <laughs> yeah. Instead of instead of finding the next rave or party to go to. Yeah. Take the take an hour out. Yeah. An hour a day. Yeah. Literally. An hour a day goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I don't even know if that's yeah. a thing, but I'm <laughs> saying it anyway. Um, yeah, no. I I respect you. I respect I respect you for for just knowing and being that being self-aware like I mm-hmm. is one thing that I continuously say is self-awareness is the most crucial thing people need to mm-hmm. gain and build right because I don't think self-awareness just comes from nowhere it comes from having to deal with things and reflecting experiences yeah, yeah. but then you don't want to get stuck in survival mode so there's self-awareness and then there's survival mode. <laughs> but self-awareness is good and bad, right? And when I say good and bad, as in like being self-aware when things are good, but also being self-aware when things are bad. Yeah. So self-awareness across the board. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Can be hindrance. Yeah. See, I th- honestly, I think self-awareness is the, is the key. Mm-hmm. Because the more self-aware you are, the more gratitude you hold. Yeah. Right? Big time. The less self-aware you are, the less gratitude you hold. The mm. more self-aware you are, the more understanding you are. Absolutely. And emotionally intelligent. 
And those, I genuinely believe, is the keys of life, right? That self-awareness. Because things will be going wrong mm. and you can say, okay, cool, things are going on and it's feed making me feel X, Y, and Z, mm. right? As long as you have the understanding, you now have a choice. But when you are not self-aware, you don't even have the choice to come out of the feeling that you're in because you don't even know that you're going through what you're going through, right? So that's I what agree. I mean by self-awareness. Mm -hmm. It's paramount in people's lives and especially as creatives, yeah. right? Because creative people are emotional people. Big time. And <laughs> because we are emotional, we have all these different expressions and outlets through music, through art, through fashion, through media, through, through whatever it is, through dance, through yeah. movement. There is a point that you need to understand that if you've got to do what you've got to do as a stepping stone, that yeah. doesn't make you any less of creative. Mm -hmm. But having self-awareness yeah. allows you to know that. So it doesn't dwindle your kind of identity. Yes. It doesn't dwindle your self-belief in your creativity. And, it, and, I'm, and I'm saying that to tell myself, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, it, it's come up because I know that I need to tell myself that. Um, because there's definitely a, a, a situation in my life at this point in time that I have to, I have to really process and deal with, which yeah. feels like an existential crisis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, I have to understand that there is steps. Yeah. And I can use stepping stones and I don't have Absolutely. to make it harder for myself. Because the work, the work is the work is still there. The content is still there. Yeah. And I feel to add to that, as a creative, you feel like you have to keep producing content all the time. In the world of social media, three days is like a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three days of not uploading something is like a week. Yeah. And to us. You know, you're on like a, what do you call it, a hamster wheel. Yeah. You have to keep going, you have to keep going to stay consistent yeah. and to be relevant. Yeah. But I feel that, you know, if there's substance to your work and the audience know the content, they'll understand the absence. Mm. You're, you're coming away from the fast food mm. content. Yeah. People are used to that, but the, the, the three to seven, 10 seconds mm. of excitement, entertainment, whereas you know, where we can relate the field that we're in, it's, it's evergreen, it's tangible. Mm, yeah. The content will always be relevant so that yeah. we can take that time out. Yes. Because there's always nuggets, there's always gems to take from our content. Yeah, 100%. So taking our time, I feel you can, you can absolutely do. Again, it depends on the foundation that you create for yourself and the lane that you choose to go down. If you want to be known as a fast food person, then people are going to keep eating. You don't even know how they're digesting your content. Eating and spitting out. <laughs> yeah. Really? You know? Yeah. But then on the other side of con uh, the, the slow content, like people do slow fashion, yeah. the slow content yeah. is still meaningful. And um, I think that's, that's a gem of being in that lane. Yeah. That long form content. Yeah. Definitely. I do think that I found something that I am genuinely like loving yeah I'm genuinely loving this process um even through all the things that happen behind the scenes and stuff like I love this process yeah and I'm glad that I, that I actually started doing it because there was definitely a point that it could have just not happened yeah and there's there's a number of people that have actually come to me recently and gone 
we spoke about doing a podcast like last year and like you're actually doing it like how did you actually do it and I'm like oh what do you mean how did I do it I just, <laughs> just did it. done it yeah <laughs> and stayed doing it just did it yeah why are you not doing it <laughs> that's a question literally why are you not question. doing it like yeah what do you mean how did I do it I got a camera yeah three cameras I got a director yeah got I someone to help me with admin because I hate admin <laughs> and you created your own table you yeah. created your own outlet and I think with saying that, a lot of people always question, how did you do it? Mm. You know, but some people are not on the journey of you even getting there. They only see it in its, they only see it in its final form. Yeah. Oh, how did she do it? Oh, how do they do it? Yeah. You know, and that's when the questions start coming. Can you help me? Can you do this? Can you do that? Oh, oh, you know, kudos to you. Congratulations. You did it. But how? But you already but knew. it's simple. Yeah, it is very simple. It wasn't that hard. Just applying yourself. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Like a light bulb, just apply yourself and it will happen. Yeah. As they call manifest that manifest yeah. and have your vision boards and just anything you have in mind, just just do it. Literally. The one life we have, you know, I know some people's lives may be hard or, and every, something's always going to be happening in our life. It's never going to be positive all the time. But in the blissful days, just accept yeah. it and just create, you know, your own table or do what you want to do in life. It's not even about being creative, it's about life itself. Mm. And that goes to what I said to you mm. uh, when we had a previous conversation about, I love life. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you were not having it. You was like, no, Kimberly, what do you mean? I don't want you to say you love life. <laughs> Sorry, no, There's so a bit of backstory. <laughs> bit of backstory. This was the first day yeah. that we'd actually had a conversation yeah. over, fa over FaceTime or whatever it was. <laughs> and I was trying to get to know Kimberly before, before bringing her onto the podcast. And I asked her, what, did I, what was the question I asked you? I was just like, what is, what's your ambition? That's what I asked yeah. you. I said, what's your ambition? ambition? And he was like, yeah. to love life. Yeah. But then I was going to elaborate. But then that's the first thing I that said, came stop being fluffy. <laughs> I said, stop being fluffy. What that? What does that mean? And then we unpacked a lot. Yes. But yeah, you know, to, to answer that wholeheartedly now, right? Yeah. The inner me, the inner child, me having emotions, me feeling however I am connected to this world, this life, this realm, whatever you want to call it. Life has a lot to give, mm. but you have to give to it too. And just being happy you are alive. That's why I love life because mm. every day, you know, again, again, God's fair life, I'm alive every day. Yeah. So what is there not to be happy about? Because you can always make a change. Everybody, everybody has a choice. Yeah. I respect that everyone has, you know, a different path and, and walking life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But with the life you have, and especially if we are living in London, in a third world country, we should not be having no problems. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so we have resources, we have outlets to have a fabulous life. It's just mm -hmm. what we do with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean about, you know, loving life mm -hmm. and just getting on. I think COVID was, I know I keep talking about COVID, but COVID was, it was a, a, a crazy time. Um, and it was a very crazy time for me. Mm. A lot of a lot of things were revealed within that time. Mm. Um, and that's what's keeping me going, my love for life, yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. And on that note, I'm gonna ask you one thing. Mm -hmm. The one thing that 
you would advise the next media media mogul or the next person coming up in the world of Instagram, mm -hmm. what would you say is the one thing that they should focus on when starting? Mm. They should focus on what they love, mm -hmm. focus on their network and where their content goes. So I'll say network first, absolutely, mm -hmm. having a foundation mm -hmm. and being able to envision yourself in the end goal. Like, what is your end goal? Always have an end goal. Because there's some people would say, I just want to be a presenter. Mm. I just want to be a dancer. I just want to be a producer. But what is the end goal? What came to your mind for that? So somebody who's, who's up and coming, um, who's already living within that space and experiencing it, always think about the end goal and make, it, make sure your network is very, very strong because you cannot do it alone. Have a network because we are in an industry where you need to communicate with others and you need to collaborate and you need connections. Otherwise, you would be, you know, by yourself thinking you're the bee's knees, but who's connected to you? Mm. So I will say your, net, your network is your net worth mm. and it'll also show within the work that you do as well. Yeah. That's what I would say. That would be, that would be my advice. Just know your end goal. Do you know mm -hmm. you said you said your. If you don't ha if you don't have the network, you could be sitting there thinking that you're the business. I actually think that people feel inadequate when they don't have a network because mm -hmm. there's no one there to tell them, or to validate them mm -hmm. in any way. And when you don't have a network within the creative industries, mm -hmm. it becomes very difficult to navigate. Absolutely. So when you can't navigate and you don't have jobs. You can't get contracting work. You can't. You can't turn yeah. to somebody and have that social life that that creatives have. Mm. Mm. You start. I think your confidence gets blown when you don't have a network. Big time. So network is absolutely I that. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming down. You're um, thank you for being vulnerable and opening up and allowing us into the Kimberly Lovemore journey. Of, renew, of renewing. Yes. Like, thank you for that. And I'm really excited to see what happens in the next year for you. There's quite a lot happening. I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's quite a lot happening, not to be cryptic. <laughs> but honestly, no. Do you know what? I want to highlight, mm -hmm. you said to me, Kimberly, stop being cryptic. And you're not the first person to highlight that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been saying that very recently. Mm. And I think that was my defence yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with myself to not really show people who I really am. Mm. Just work, work, work. Kimberly, the workaholic, you know, but I'm a human being <laughs> and things happen. Yeah. And to go back to you saying me being cryptic, um, I had to, re had to rethink about the way I communicate with others mm. when I'm on you know, a platform like this yeah. and in a normal setting, it's not always showtime. It's yeah. not always presenting and being in work mode. Mm. How do you function uh, in, in your neutral state? As a human. As a human. As a human first yes. before <laughs> producer or interviewer or creator. Exactly that. Yeah.
but there's a lot in store, especially for Melanin Style Diary. Um, in December, mm -hmm. I'll be having an event in for Christmas, Fun. leading into the new year. And there'll be quite a few um, individuals within the industries where um, they'll be sitting on a panel, whether they've been a visual merchandiser in Harvey Nichols or they've worked in private production companies. They're all women of colour. Nice. And it's, an, it's a platform where others can see themselves in that industry, where gems will be dropped and it's more about positivity and rebuilding confidence as well. Yes. And I'm doing this for my community, Melanie Saldari. Honestly, I've had such a great response to the page because it's just, like I said, it's more than just posting. There's meaning behind it. There's substance. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I shall be there. Just make sure I get an invite. I'll, I'll be inviting you, don't worry. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, so you've heard it here. Make sure you go and like and follow and all of the rest of it on Melanin Star Diaries. Um, all the links will obviously be in the description. Massive thank you to you again. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. You're most welcome. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. You were just listening to the Promising Fenure podcast. I am Aliyah Amarat, and thank you so much for listening all the way through. Don't forget to click subscribe and share to at least one person, because that's the only thing that's going to fuel us to carry on.